This is called Afrofuturism in the AM. My name is Shatana Powell, and I am your host. I'm here with my co-host, Tiffany. So um, I wanted to start it off because, you know, last week I came in, like I said, I gave us some stats, some statistics, talked to us a little bit about some of this technological advancement that we live in. You know, I even went through a little bit of a conversation on uh, on time itself. And I I actually think... um, you know, when I was thinking about how I wanted to start the show, I want to think about what time is um, and, and go from there. It sounds so far out, so cosmological, you know. Uh, you know, uh, the jokester in me was just like, there's a bunch of different times we know. We know there's hammer time, you know. <laughs> <laughs> then there's show time. Um, when I was younger, I heard, I heard something that changed my, my life, you know. It, it, was, it was a revolutionary thought. I was... I was in school, I was in class, and the teacher said, you're on my time right now. Mm. And I said, oh, so there, if, if you have time, that means I got time, That's right? That's right. So, you know, while I'm on your time, I got to do what you want to do. But when I get on my time, it's, it's you know, it's my time. Yeah. You know? yeah. And then, of course, there's Maxine Waters, where it's like, I'm here to reclaim my time. So, you know, we got a lot, a lot of different ways to talk about time. Mm. Um and I, and I want to continue continue that conversation on time, especially with how it relates to, to the digital age that we live in right now, which is just another way of classifying time. All you know? day. <laughs> um, and then I also, you know, last month, so last month, what did we learn? Last month we talked about health, and we learned, this is the phrase that really sticks in my mind. We cannot, we cannot have a revolution without our bodies. And so um, black health is really important to our black future. And this month is Black Futures Month, which, again, when we're talking about future, what are we talking about? Time. Time. Just talking about time. You know, <laughs> we, we talked about how black future is uh, a rebranding of black history because we tend to talk about black people as if we only exist in the past. Again, talking about time here. Yeah. I, I just blogged about... Um how we met because the the photo came up on my um you know google be all in your business Mm -hmm. so it brought the photo up and i blogged about how you know how woo how you know chance it was that we met and uh, i talked about the the formal definition of afrofuturism and i said you know you got to hear shatana give you the definition but my definition is 
uh, Sankofa for the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that whole time piece, it's just, it's consistently, even when I look back at my journals and just over my life, I'm always centering time. Yeah. Always. You know, I'm like, I'm infatuated. Think about my son's name, Tim. It's just time with the letters moved around, you know, infatuated with it. Cause it's just, this this lofty social construct. So I'm glad we're going to talk about that. And we were like six minutes late. I mean, there's always black people time. Okay, you know. <laughs> All day. I get there when I get there. Divine time. You know? Yes. Come through, ancestors. Um, and you see, this is why I decided to play uh, Stevie Wonder's song called As, mm-hmm. A-S, As. Which, you know, I when I was... When I was thinking, of, I know songs. I don't know the words to the songs. Yeah. I know how the songs go, though. Yeah. I tend to make up my own words. Hey, that's cool. You know, and then I also don't know the names to these songs. So the only thing that really usually sticks with me is the melody. And whenever I try to say, do you know this song? And I start singing it. They say, you know, those not the words. But I was like, but do you know this song? <laughs> um, it's a running joke in my life. <laughs> but uh, when I learned that this song was called As, I was like, what a really interesting title. Mm-hmm. And Stevie Wonder always gets me. You know, we we played Stevie Wonder's Happy Birthday uh, during Martin Luther King. We did. Yeah. He's a genius. He, he, he is one of the ancestors who left nothing but musical breadcrumbs for us to dance our way to liberation. Yeah, on, totally. You know. And continues to do it. Like, it's masterfully. It's, it's really, it's brilliant. And, you know, the other thing um, is that... Whenever you're trying to lead someone to liberation, I don't know why we're like this, but you can't say, like, liberation this way. You know, you always have to, to say it in a way that others, you, it has to be encoded. It has to be encoded uh, for a variety of reasons. You know, there are lots of people who don't want liberation. They really just literally want the crowds in the bucket situation. Yeah. You know, if you, if you look like you're trying to get free, we're trying to drag you back down. So, you know, you have to, you have to say it without saying it you have to live it you know without being overt about it it's leadership without ego um and so i was listening to the song called as by stevie wonder and i was thinking about time and then there's this chorus in the background by what i can only assume is like a church choir (laughs) and uh you know when i'm picturing this in my head and i'm sure there's a music video but don't ruin this for me because i don't watch music videos uh, I didn't have cable when I was growing up, so MTV was something that completely missed me until I was older, and I saw YouTube, and I was like, oh, wow, there's videos to this music? What a what a life. Right. <laughs> um, but before before I discovered the videos, I would always just imagine the, the singers. And so in As by Stevie Wonder, I just imagined there's like a black choir in the background, and... Um, He's singing about time. Yeah. Literally, he's singing about time. Um, and one of the things that, the, one of the reasons why this song really, really hit me is I have, I'm, I'm currently working with a couple of illustrators, and I asked one of my illustrators to illustrate an old family photo of mine. And um, when I'm looking at this photo, it just constantly keeps getting me. Like, uh, when the photo is a photo of a photo. So, like, in my family... Um, there are old photos, but we don't always have the physical copy. 
So what people do is they take a photo of the photo and then they send it out. And so I had a photo of a photo of a picture of my grandma when she was a child. She couldn't have been older than about 10, 11, maybe. And so this was definitely like the 1940s because she was born in 1930, 1934 or something like that. And um, the illustrator, he traced it out, started drawing it, started doing his illustration magic. And he was like, "Uh, I didn't even realize that your great-grandfather was wearing a hat because the photo was so faded. And it was so, you know, and so it it, hit him illustrating it just really brought to life the photo. And I started, you know, really imagining what my family's life was back then and some of the things that I understood. And, you know, I just started narrating, like, what happened to the to the figures in this picture? And um, as I started narrating it, you know, like it, it. It almost became like a story, like a dream. And there's this lyric in the song, As by Stevie Wonder, where he says, until we dream of life and life becomes a dream. And I think that is the best lyric, the best line, the best piece of poetry to really situate what I'm thinking about when I'm talking about time. Yeah. Um, Because, you know, when we talk about the civil rights movement, what do we always talk about? Martin Luther King had a dream. And then, you know, if you talk about James Cone, who's a who's a scholar who oftentimes talks about black liberation theology, um, you know, he would always say, you know, are we living in in Martin Luther King's dream or Malcolm X's nightmare? Mm. Um, you know, and then, you know, you keep on talking. But we just kind of constantly are centering dreams in terms of like reality and then the 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 difference between the two becomes super blurred yeah um because you literally speak into existence your life yeah you know if you said as i said i want to be an artist and then you know people say oh you don't want to be an artist you want to be a doctor a lawyer and you're like nope artist and then you keep on just saying that and you keep on you know acting through what you want, you know, you fake it till you make it. You yeah. be faking it till you make it. That's your investment. Yeah, you keep going. You keep going saying, no, I'm practicing. You know, um, one of our principles put theory into practice, right? Yeah, I'm an artist. This is what an artist does. They rebel. They uh, work against that thing that is working against them, mm-hmm. right? They embody time in the measure of it to gauge progress, if you will. Yeah, it's all relative. We can't talk about the dream without talking about time. Yeah. And time is forever. It's everlasting. You know, I oftentimes would give a speech, a a little lecture about time. uh, And I don't want to get too far ahead of ourselves because what I actually want you to do is listen to Stevie talk Mm, about time mm. for a second. Stevie's a genius, like I said. And then once we get done listening to Stevie talk about time, we're going to come back and I'm talking to you about what I understand about, like, the Afrofuturist theory of time. Mm. Um. So yeah, uh, take a note. Take a note of these of these lyrics for real, for real. It's it's not every day you get to listen to a genius. So enjoy. As around the sun, the earth no cease revolving, and the rosebuds know the bloom in early May. Hate knows love's a cure 
so yeah, I hope you I hope you enjoyed. It. I hope you danced. I hope you were joyful. You know, um, I know I was. Mm-hmm. So, time, 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 time. In those lyrics, when I was when I was looking at those lyrics, some of those lyrics seem silly, silliness. You know, until um, you know, Mother Nature says that her work is done. When is when is when is that going to be? That's going to be at the end, right? You know. Yeah. And then Stevie Wonder's like, "I'm gonna love you, always." You know, at the end of every single statement, until the parrots are at sea and the dolphins are in the air. You know, when is that gonna happen? It's like saying when pigs fly. And he's like, "Always, I'm gonna be loving you." Um, but you know, that's just the whole thing about it. He he he's he he makes these lyrics that are are surreal and in reality or in whatever kind of phase that you call yourself in, whatever kind of reality that you exist within, he's just like, I'm always gonna be loving you. And uh when I'm thinking about the future and what piece of art, what piece of poetry really uh kind of embodies what I think about the future, it it is this song. Because, um, you, you know, you can't, you can't have a, a, a revolution without your body, but you also can't build a revolution without love. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, I was looking at the pictures of all the people who came out to the Black Speculative Arts Movement Emergence Art Show over at the Bison Art Gallery this past February 4th and the 5th. And I was just looking at the snapshots. You know, I can't share, share the whole thing until it's done because we're making a documentary. But I was looking at the snapshots that you know, my people, my friends, my community took. And all I could think is just like, I love y'all, you know? know, I know, (laughs) oh my God. (laughs) It, I mean, there are no words and there are many words, but there are no words at the same time. It was so, you know, we talked about this after the fact, like, yeah, other things popped up and things were trying to, you know, rear its head just to distract us, but that is that those two days indelible like it does not i'm sure it does but in my mind it does not get more beautiful and more communal you know more more everlasting than that this that's the energy we're talking about you know being rooted in that and being able to consistently express that with young people with our peers with it was just a beautiful collective. It was incredible, Shatana. Like, I'm still on that high. I really am. And for me, the beauty is us. Yeah. You know, when I was younger and I was trying to make an art career, I realized that the the thing that I'm selling is not just me. It is us. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm selling that back to us. All day. Awesome. Um, Because we're so used to to not being represented in our media, in our art that we consume. And so we're not used to people selling us ourselves. But we are very used to other people selling us. Being exploited. To others. Absolutely. And so the thing is, is that we are the value. We are the valuable things. We are the valuable people. All our labor creates value. It, it's it's value that cannot really be measured. It's a value that built this company, or not? Yeah, it built my company, but it also built this country. Yeah. Um, it's a value that has created all the artwork and all the music in America. Um, you know, black people created rock. 
we created blues, we created um, spirituals, we created hip hop, we created, um, you know, believe it or not, we created, um, what do you call it, uh, that techno music. Uh, I, I, I will have to thank our Jamaican brothers and sisters who really pioneered that, especially uh, down, the, down there in New York. Um, there's a whole whole thing about it, about how, um, you know, that techno music was really something um, that comes from our Caribbean brothers and sisters. But, yeah. you know, black people, we created we create culture. Um, and so that that really just brings me back around to time. What is time? Um, because as I as I opened it up, this is what they call Black History Month. But uh you know, not only are we talking about our, our history, but our future, and we can't really go anywhere unless we know our history, and we can't really create anything unless we know our, our, our culture, our traditional culture, so that we can then take those very same concepts and just, like, update it, basically, for whatever new version of time that we find ourselves in. Yeah. Um, the more things change, the more things stay the same. Um. But the thing that is everlasting, that doesn't change, is love. Um, we exist within it, and we only exist because of it. You know, if you really try to put your, yourself in the shoes of, of those first African enslaved people who were stolen from their continent, you know very well a lot of them could have just killed themselves. A lot of them did. A lot of them jumped into the ocean, you know, drowned. They would, they would, they would have rather drowned then come to the new world and be enslaved. But for those people who didn't, who decided to embrace the unknown and make it to this place, they did it for you. Yeah. And then after making it to this place, they worked to build this country and they did it for you. Right. You, black people, you, people who are aligned within an Afrocentric philosophy, they did it for you. Yeah. They didn't do it for white supremacy or those white people. They knew that... They had to embrace the unknown so that their children could survive. And when their children were born, they grew, and they, they were faced with another version of white supremacy in the time that they existed within. They fought against white supremacy for you so that you could live to get to this point in time, to get to this point in time. And they died and left breadcrumbs for us to understand time and for them to tell us we did this because we love you and I will always love you. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, there's another, there's another line in that Stevie Wonder song that really hits me whenever I look at it, listen to it. And it's a question. Do you know that true love asks for nothing? Nothing. Her acceptance is the price we pay. And that's something else that really, you have to think about that and really internalize it. There's a lot of times where we think we're in love and we think that we love something, but the thing that we love is asking too much of us often. Mm. Like, there's a phrase, I love my job, but what is your job really asking of you? Is, and is your job really giving you, giving you the thing back? Reciprocity. No. Yeah. Your job doesn't. Your job doesn't care. If you die, your job will replace you. Yeah. You know? Uh, so I think all the time, when, whenever you're asking, like, do you love me? You know, what is the litmus test for love? Mm. You need to ask yourself, do you know that true love asks for nothing? Nothing. And her acceptance is the price you pay. Yeah. 
And so the thing that you say you love, is it asking anything of you? Are you required to give anything to it? And if you are, then that's not really love. And you need to really reevaluate yourself and reevaluate what's happening. But our ancestors, they loved us and they, they asked for nothing. The only thing that they dreamed of was our life, you know? And, you know, as a mother myself, uh, I spent 10 years trying to have a baby. You know, that's another time, another story for another time. But um, I love my baby. And I, the only thing I ever asked for was her health and yeah. her life. Yeah. You know, true love asked for nothing. Nothing. And that's what I want us to build our future on. I want us to build our future on true love that will ask for nothing but your health and your life and will accept you for exactly who you are and will support you in whatever form that you decide to grow. Um, I, I understand, especially from our, our conversations at the Baisong Art Gallery, that the only way to fight fascism and white supremacy is by centering our, our joy. And our love. And yeah. our love. Yeah. Um, that's the only sustainable way. Yeah. And if you didn't, if you didn't know, you know, white supremacy goes through, through great lengths to make sure that you are unhappy because mm. your happiness and your joy really, really, really will start a revolution within yourself yeah. and then a revolution within your family and then by, you know, the, the transitive property, a revolution within your community and then a revolution within our country. Um, imagine, if, imagine if black people centered our joy and our health yeah, and we, we did nothing. We focused on it intently as opposed to allowing it to be manipulated as a commodity. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And uh that's that's why that's why the song the song of the month is <laughs> Stevie Wonder as We had to do that. We had to record that like the song of the month. Is. <laughs> <laughs> um love it. love it. You know, I I absolutely love it. So the, so then I want to I want to kind of jump into um, kind of a segment that we do around here, and that segment is always what inspires you. Mm. What inspires you? Wow, this is such a nicely crafted conversation today. It's one of the reasons there are many that I always enjoy spending my time with Shatana. I keep saying it. I'll say it one more time. When she calls, when she texts me, when she emails me, I'm like, yes, what do you need? Because I just enjoy her. And if we're talking about joy, it's what she exudes and what she's able to project. It's I know this is Shatana. She is authentic as they get. I'm an artist. Uh, Everything I do has an artistic God flow, right? Like, it's just what I'm doing. And her willingness to really uphold her values, her personal values. It's, it's been, yeah, it's just been phenomenal. Don't get me wrong. I have people in my life who, you know, also do some of the same things, but there again, she's an artist and the way she wields her craft is just, it's unbelievable. So this conversation, we didn't really talk about this before we got on the air, you know, like this is just, it's, it's God flow. But I think it's something that I want us to really, really, when we're talking about Stevie Wonder, we're talking about this harmony, this this ingenuity, how we are naturally in, attuned because we're directly connected to the divine, right? And our ancestors have consistently upheld that. 
despite their, you know, being persecuted and suffering and going through all they did. They're like, no, this is this is this is something that will stand the test of time. It's always going to live. It's everlasting. And this this very interconnected conversation I have with another sister of mine, and we always, you know, when we tell each other, when we get off the phone or we text each other, I love you, twin, everlasting, right? Because there's something about that that expands. I mean, it's beyond me. It's not me. Like you said, it's, it's Sankofa for the future. It's my ancestors. It's me in present. But into the future, it's this energy that cannot be created or destroyed, Right? So it, it, it's it's a conversation I have right now because we do have right now, and I, and I know sometimes I, I, I go here, I revert, because we do have sisters and brothers that don't feel love right now, that's tired, that's struggling, that's unsure. But the reminder here is trust your knowing. You do know. You, you, there is joy somewhere, right? You just have to reach when you feel like it's time, you know? Um, take advantage of all of the vibrations that are happening around you. If if you are led to, you know, explore a certain kind of love, be that expression, you know, understand that this is ongoing and that is continual. You are writing this story and you are writing it in continuation from, again, what the ancestors started. It's the beginning of infinity. So when we're, we're having these conversations, we're listening to every syllable, all the, again, the vibe, the harmony of each word, the songs, the art, we, we're, we're, we're encouraged to take it all in and really celebrate that because that's the future. When we embrace that, that's the future. The future is right now. It's, yeah, start that podcast. Yeah, draw that picture. Yeah, write that letter, Right. Um, yeah, preserve that family photo, have it reimagined, right? Um, because from there, what we can do is we can say, okay, so I set the tone with the word, right? With the thought. And then I get to expand upon that with my artistry. And when I come together with Shatana and everybody else in BCM Houston, who I love dearly, we get to create this whole new world. I, I was thinking about what you said with the ancestors of when they came to the new world. We know that there's nothing new under the sun, right? But it was new for them. It was something that they had to experience in their own way. And what they've left us, again, is everlasting. It's, it's going to keep continuing. Suffering ain't new. We've been suffering, mm-hmm. you know? Um, being persecuted ain't new. Uh, being killed, being gunned down in the street, that shit ain't new. It's what we're doing in response. And I've said this, I say this to my children that I teach, I say this to everybody I know. Responsibility is your ability to respond. That's the wisdom in it. Where, what, 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 What understanding do I have? What experience have I personally undergone to be able to express in this beautifully rich and, you know, encapsulating in, in this way? I'm looking at this art that you put up, and I'm like, yeah, it's just, it's taking me back, right? Sankofa for the future. Mm-hmm. It's don't give up. Yeah, you're the only black woman on the set right now, mm-hmm. right? You're the, you're the black brilliance that's holding 
this together, whether you know it or not, right? And, yeah, what she's talking about is we had this um, this picture from a previous BCM Houston show, and it's of the only black woman on the Star Trek um, on the Star Trek series, and um, I really like this story. If you never heard this story before, is she was she was fenced to quit. Fenced to quit. She was like, I'm done. <laughs> I want to be with all these white people. They racist. You know, this is a fairly new concept anyways. You know, we out here in space and there still ain't no black people except for me. You know, but Martin Luther King literally called her, like picked up the phone, ring, ring, hello. And he was just like, you cannot leave this show. Yeah. Because if you leave, then in the future, when some little black boy, a little black girl is watching Star Trek, they will not see themselves, <laughs> and they right. will not know that we can, in fact, be in the future. That's, right. That's what I imagine he sounded like on the phone. No, me. seriously. <laughs> I mean, you was like really spot on, okay? <laughs> and of course, I'm looking at his picture, and I'm just hearing your voice come out of his mouth. Yeah. Right? <laughs> Look, and then it says communication channels are open. This is Afrofuturism. This is right now. And you see, what's funny is we're so used to the future being dictated to us, what yes. the future looks like, yes. uh, what the future feels like, what the future sounds like. You know, I'm sure, like, if you were to imagine, in fact, I'm sure of this because we had a conversation about this at the first B. Sam Houston all the way back in, like, 2019, 2018. And uh, people said, you know, when I, when I heard future, I was expecting, like, you know, Tron, you know, lights, lasers, expecting like, you know, some, some cool reflective headset. I was expecting like, I don't know, sounds like vroom, yeah, vroom. yeah. I was expecting that. And, and then I was just like, who told you that's what the future looked like? No, for real. <laughs> and, and you know, it's crazy you say that because that is, again, when we talk about imagery, right? And we talk about symbolism. We do have this idea that may not be our own, right? That we've latched on to. Look at look at the bottom. It's like right on time. Yeah. I ain't late. So <laughs> um I will post a picture of this on Please. my Instagram. Um and in case you don't know, I do have an Instagram, I do have a social media. Um you can find me at Artivism Community Art. On Instagram, Artivism Community Art. On Facebook, Artivism Community Art. And then, uh, you know, if you're just looking for my website, it's www.artivismcommunityart.com. Yeah. So um, I'll post a picture of this, but this is a comic book uh, created by one of our uh, community members in BCM, you know, International. And it's basically the comic is just like um, Martin Luther King and the first black woman on Star Trek are inside of a spaceship. And they're floating through space. And uh, Martin Luther King is directing her, you know, as she controls the spaceship. And she's just like, right there. He's like, right there. That's where Sun Ra was born. You know, turn left at Saturn. Saturn. You know, and that's where he is. And he's there with the only group of black folk who were brave enough to leave. That's where we're going for the black exodus. And she was just like, communication channels are open, and they're saying that we're right on us. time. Yeah, they've been expecting yes. us. <laughs> I mean, Saturn, just all of just it, it's it's such a beautiful depiction. But it it 
Very simple, like you said. Doesn't have any bells, whistles, any you know goggles, right? Mm-hmm. They're just our people. And you know, to to <laughs> kind of, I told you I would tell you a little bit more about this theory of Afrofuturism. You know, we are the future. I know you don't believe me when I say that. I know you don't believe me when I say that. But um, let's refer back to what I was talking about in the January conversation about Black health. Um, and you know, any nurse, any doctor that you talk to, they do have a saying and it is white follows black and it, and it's referred to specifically with the health crisis. Cause like I said, whatever disease or whatever milady that visits us always visits our community first because we are the most vulnerable. And then ironically, once we find a way to, to survive yeah. whatever disease that has visited our community, white people turn around and ask us to help them fix the problem because now they're having to deal with the exact same problem that they refuse to help us fix. Yeah. Um, and I would like to, I would like to proffer, I'd like to offer that, that sentiment, that statement, white follows black is, is uniform across all areas of social life. Um, white people will listen to black people's music, enjoy it, and then they will take it. And then they'll make their own music because they enjoyed it so much. Same thing with, um, you know, a lot of different areas of our social life. White always follows black. So one day, Toni Morrison, who recently passed away about two years ago, mm. um, was having a conversation um, in an in a, in a Afrofuturism kind of forum. And she, she offered this little bit of wisdom, which is all the things that we call modernity all the things that are modern, um, black people experienced it first. You know, a lot of people find themselves now today uh, without a home. Um, you know, people have moved around so much they don't, they don't know, there, there is, what is, what is a nation? Right. Uh, what are borders? Right. Um, black people experienced this, this sense of homelessness before anyone else was really labeling that. Um, black people experience this sense of alienation um, as if like who I am does not fit into this greater social structure. I, I am an alien. Right. Um, black people experience that first. And all these things that we experience are what philosophers now call quintessentially modern, yeah. the very essence of modern. So when someone says black people, black women are the future, you literally are the future. If, yeah. you're, if you're like, I wonder what the future looks like, just go ahead and hold up a reflective surface and look at yourself. Totally. Because um, you, you walk and talk in embodiment of it. Yeah. And um, DNA holds memory. It's, uh, it's, it, that's the cultural capital. You know, if we, have to be, if we have to be capitalists, we need to be capitalists uh, when it comes to our culture. You know, it's in you already. You got to be the future. You've been here forever. <laughs> Everything about you. For real. You know, even Henrietta Lacks learned that, you know. Seriously, the um, hardest way. Like, yeah, we have to hold her up. Um, so I, I did want to, I wanted to chime in on what has inspired me. Oh, awesome. Yes, please. Because your inspiration be like, woo-ha. So I have been listening to other podcasts, you know, yes. if you're going to be a podcaster, you should listen to other podcasts. Know, right? um, and there's this question that was really central to this podcast. So 
the podcast, I, I shared it with Tiffany, and it was basically talking about whenever you're an entrepreneur, like trying to create a business focused on social change, um, what they call the innovation um, space, like the, those innovators. And you, you hear about innovators all the time, people who want to change the world using technology. Um, oftentimes, uh, you learn that because of structural racism and the, and the wealth gap, that black people don't have the the funding to even get the idea off the ground. Um, and, and therefore we internalize this idea that like our ideas aren't worth anything or right. that we are bad leaders because we're unable to implement ideas. When left and right, you see like half ass ideas by white people getting funded. <laughs> Um, white I, I people don't even think they're half though. Look, okay, I'm a sorry. quarter, a quarter, <laughs> a quarter of an ass. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's not even half ass. Right? It's like wow. <laughs> how did, what does that look like? Yeah. You know, um, as my friends, you know, from Howard University would say, like white people can be so mediocre. Oh my god! And it make you feel like you mediocre. You be like, what? No. Yeah. I'm doing the most for real. And um, what the podcasters were saying is that uh, you could build a shiny new airplane. It could be the best airplane, but have no runway. Because, you know, airplanes don't just fly. You need to have a runway, and the runway has to have very specific things. You know, you have to have someone directing you with those, like, little light batons. You know, you have the, the, the runway has to be a certain length. You know, it has to be paved so that, you know, there's not, it's not a bumpy ride and you don't accidentally, like crash your airplane and you have to back qualified operators right yeah. yeah you have to have that nurturing and support that training and development right we talk about this all the time at work black folks the only the only ones that don't get on the job training yeah you know it's like my dad he'd be like black people the only people who get hired and expect know what to do you know because yeah, because really we do i mean truthfully we've always been winging it but you're right with the with the podcast i'm gonna let you finish because i we talked about it already and i was yeah so um there there is no runway to get our ideas off into flight. And so anytime you see someone who is succeeding in an innovation space, you always have to ask yourself, how, 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 how? And um, actually that's, that's, that's a question I've heard a lot. Like, how are you doing what you're doing, Shatana? You know, people, people, people underestimate me. I'm very much, I'm very much like J. Cole. I always felt like J. Cole had a problem well, the industry was he was in because he always had to had to work twice as hard mm-hmm. just to get half as far. Yeah. And you know the question is like how 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 how, um, and the and the answer is I had a runway. You know, um, I had Dr. Conyers from the African American Studies Department who was my runway. I had Dr. Yang Karu and Dr. Joy Karu from the University of Louisville who was my runway. Um, not to mention I had my mother who works in the medical industry here in Houston has been my runway. Um, I've had a partner who's been very, very supportive. And my aunts, my aunt Sandra, you know, my cousin, my cousin Asha, they have been my runway. And quite frankly, like I said, when I said I stand on the shoulders of giants, I literally mean that. Like, if you if you know any of these people, you will know that they are giants. Totally. Um, and so I've had a runway to, to grow. And, um, you know, and I didn't rush it. I didn't speed up. I didn't say that I need to do this immediately. Um, I recently had an article out in the Houston Chronicle, and even some of these Voyage magazine articles that you can find on the internet about me, where I tell everyone I started my business when I was 19, and I really did. 
I started my business when I was 19, and so it 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 has been a 10 year a 10 year journey just to be here right now with Tiffany on this radio talking to you. I know. And um, That's crazy. It is time. Time waits for no one. It's it a theme. Doesn't. What's what's the word of the day? Time. 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 And so. The thing, the thing that I really inspired me from this conversation that I was listening to on another podcast was this question that came up, which was, what, who, who would we be if it weren't for white supremacy, basically? Mm. Um, if, if you didn't have to deal with the detrimental effects of white supremacy and the patriarchy that, is also, that has also grown up alongside it, who would we be? And a lot of us are struggling right now with that question because actually this is the first time maybe that some of us have had to deal with this existential existential crisis um you know so so long we've been kind of you know fed propaganda about what blackness is um you know they call it conspicuous consumption where like you know blackness is really about you know buying cars buying rims buying chains you know buying clothes buying shoes Obviously, um, they've tied blackness to capitalism in such a such a way that it's like confusing to me because oh totally <laughs> you know that's the goal though um, as long as you confuse you you never do anything I know right yeah. and so people chasing blackness by purchasing things from white companies question mark you know question how how is this how is like, this wait a minute how how am I being <laughs> black by supporting all these white companies yeah for real um. Who would we be without white supremacy? Yeah. And uh, what I realized, what I, what made me excited, what made me inspired, what kept me going, what 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 in, what enthralled me, was that I learned. What I realized is that um, that's the question that my company has been tackling this whole time. Um, who am I outside of white supremacy? Who am I outside of capitalism? Who am I outside of, outside of patriarchy? The patriarchy. The patriarchy. Mm. Um. And, and like I said, how I said, black people are the future. All you need to do is take a, a reflective surface and like hold a mirror up and look at yourself. Um, if, if, when you look at yourself in the mirror, you know, and you ask yourself what makes me joyful, what makes me happy, um, that, that's, that's who you are outside of white supremacy. So if you look at yourself in the mirror and you say what makes, what makes me joyful, what makes me happy, and you and you're sincerely truthful with yourself. Um, that's who you really are, and and it could be anything. You can enjoy being a baker. You know, I like making bread. I like eating bread. You could be that person. You know, <laughs> that's who you are outside of white supremacy. For real. Um, and and for me, what I have seen, what I love, is the beauty in Houston, the beauty in my Houston community, the beauty in the family and and the friends that I've built here that I've cultivated here because I see us existing outside of a capitalist white supremacist space because we've just been forced to and and we know who we are and so we don't have to chase a phantom yeah um and 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 that's that's what's inspiring to me yeah totally I that's, really love it I'm, I'm so glad you shared it um the podcast uh for those of you who might be interested is called Converge for Change and these two sisters, um, which goes, you know, just a little and talking about the inspiration, right? That's why I started it on you. Like, yeah, it's this black 
female, this black woman movement of having these very cathartic conversations about our health and our joy and our liberation and our health and our joy and our liberation, just all of it. Um, she, she touched on a lot. They both did. But the fact that they, you know, she has, the, the, the host has a space for these kinds of conversations. And you know how I feel about language and communication. Even going back to communication channels are open. We have to be able to talk about it. So to talk about these consistent conversations is liberating. You know, yeah, you may not have an answer. <laughs> like, who are you? Who are you? I've had an answer for a long time. Um, but I noticed that the, that answer is, you know, it's evolving, right? It's evolving from the from wherever I am or I, wherever I see myself in time. It's yeah, I've always been this uh, this being separate from this system, separate from this world, which makes it sometimes difficult to relate, right? You're like, no, I don't, I don't belong here. I'm not from here. The earth is ghetto, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but when you when you're again forced in these boxes consistently over time, that it dwindles your soul. It starts taking something from you. You can be as strong as our people, you know, who built the pyramid. You it, it, strength is not that's not the measure here. We're talking about what chips away at your soul. So revisiting the question, who would you be? It's like, well, who am I now, according to white supremacy, right? Hmm, don't want to change anything with that? Okay, so this is who I want to be. What would liberate me from this system, this system of thought, this system of belief, this system of value? Like, what would liberate me? Yeah, just stop fucking participating. (laughs) You know, stop. Stop it right now. And start doing. Yeah, like... (laughs) Slap on the hand. I get your attention. You know, I don't I don't want to have to beat you. Stop doing that and start doing this. Right? Take it take advantage, full advantage of your time. Your time. You own your time. Time is a non-renewable resource. Oh my gosh, Shatana. It's time. <laughs> time to make that change. It is. You know, keep on moving. When you think about just the music, just all of it, it's time. Just ask that question. Even when you're getting frustrated with your people. Riding through Third Ward today, I'm like, you know, down emancipation, emancipation. Anywho, every time I say it, I'd be like, oh, my God, here we go. But riding past and I saw what I what I believe to be a piece of Mark's work, right? I love Third Ward. Like, yeah, every time I come back here. Mm-hmm. You know, um, you got to think this neighborhood drew me in. I moved to Houston, but this neighborhood, it was always something about Third Ward. It's like, yeah, our people are here. And they are expressing time in their way, in their shape, form, and fashion. They're preserving that this has always been a space for us to evaluate our artistic time. Like what, what movements we've birthed, right? Who's been a part of it? It's such a rich history, but it's right now. And, you know, actually, so when I'm thinking about also Third Ward, I I want you to dream with me. I know it's a little off, a little weird. No, I'm dreaming. What you got? Imagine (laughs) you could time travel. You can go to any time period. 
Um, and on all, not only can you travel through time, you can travel through dimensions. You could uh, experience different uh, forms of the world. Oh, oh somebody's calling. Us. Someone is calling. Wow. I don't know. I didn't know that we could receive calls. Wait, maybe that's a call from the future. You know, we were time traveling. I know. Wait, (laughs) (laughs) guys, hold on. We got to answer this phone call. And uh, what I want you to do is enjoy a little bit of Sun Ra while you're imagining yourself uh, time traveling. So let's do it. Sun Ra, love everlasting, reaches out. To a lover like me again Sunrise and love, love, love Everlasting Sunrise Love in its splendor Speak to me In metaphysical harmony Ancestors went to a different time, different place, different dimension. Um, definitely, because like, who has who has a landline these days? Right. You know, uh, that that lets you know we really are in a different time. Think about it, landline. I'm here for the woo woo woo. Do you hear me, <laughs> ancestors? What you got to tell me? They 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 called us up. They called us up to let us know some things. Um, if you were time traveling, though. What would be the constant? You know, you could go back into the 1900s and the people wouldn't be the same. Um, you know, you go, the clothes wouldn't be the same. The food probably would not be the same. Um, but the only thing constant in time travel are the buildings and the land. Because the earth doesn't go anywhere. We go somewhere, you know. And that's another thing you need to know about, you know, climate change and sustainability. The earth ain't going nowhere, but you will. So we traveled through time, and we found ourselves back in Third Ward. And um, 
when we find ourselves back in third world, we'll find our ancestors. And then if we travel a little bit further back in time, you know, when this place wasn't even colonized or occupied by white supremacy, um, we, we, we would even find the um, native people who, li- who used to live here, you know. And as we, as we continue our time travel, the, like I said, the only constant, the only consistent is the, the land, the dirt. Um, and so that's why when, when we talk about this place, Third Ward, why does it, why does it affect us so? It's because it's, it's a constant. You know, in Houston, um, when people would travel, there's a lot of people from Louisiana who live in Houston, and it's not a recent phenomenon. People have been coming from Louisiana into Texas for a long time, like over 100-plus years. Um, You know, my great-great-grandmother traveled from Louisiana to Texas um, in the early 1900s. And so the reason why I feel Third Ward is special is because if our ancestors are looking for us in a different ethereal plane, they would go to where they thought they left us. Um, and so they'd probably come here. Yeah. And they'd probably be looking around here in a different uh, dimension or a different time period looking for us. And that's why when we come here and we come to this place, um, we feel that energy. We feel those people. We feel those ghosts. We feel that presence because... Um, you know, the world, the earth doesn't go anywhere. It's, it's, it's we, it's us who, who, who change. It's us who go. Um, and, I, and I really love to think about that often. It's, such, it's so loaded because I could just stay in that space. I mean, you just go back and forth, right? That's why you were talking. I'm like, yeah, I think I, would, I, think I have a pretty good idea what year I want to go to first. Then I'm going to go even farther than that. Then I think I will come back, record what I can, and then go back again. Like, yeah. Um, th- th- we have an idea of what's happening right now. <laughs> you know, we, we all have an idea. Hmm. And we know what we've been told happened, right? That's why we have to keep telling this story. Um can't just keep going being told yeah this is what happened to y'all again dna is memory Uh, rna is how it's it's manipulated right it's the thing that um when we talk about black health from that perspective it's that's what they're looking to manipulate they know you got the dna so if i can manipulate your rna i can leave this impression you'll never remember who you are right it's go back who 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 were you way before this well let's see who what did the ancestors say they were right and this is this is i guess a good place to pick up on we talk about our imagery and the movies that we have and the and the books that we have and at a point you know we start feeling humdrum because it, it seems that we're always depicted in this light we was always slaves we was always you know the help but the beauty in that it's the juxtaposition. It's no, we had power. You know, think about that. Wanting to enslave a people. Think about that. First of all, you sick. That's number one. But secondly, what would make you want what I have? Yeah. Actually, think about that. That that question we talked about it last last time we were on the show. Um I introduced 
a portion of this art-based learning curriculum. I was writing. I have been writing. Um, That's the, I mean, the bomb, y'all. Wait till this come out. Um, Mind blown. You know, people, people, people really don't know what they, they don't know. And, and then they're going to find out. They and then they you're going to learn today. You're going to learn today. <laughs> um, but, the, you know, you had a question. What was the reason? What was it? What was the reason for for them to do what they did? Yeah, well, I mean, come on. What, why, would, why would you do something so vile, so horrid? What could draw you in? What could, what could make you that fascinated with me? Well, I'm fascinating. Yes. We are. incredible. We are. Of course you would want to. That, that's why is Zora. I, who wouldn't want to know Who me? wouldn't? You, you deny the, the, the pleasure of my company? Like, come on, I'm phenomenal. I can yeah. see why you would want to put me in a, in, a, in, a, in a bottle, put the top on it, and sell me. And of course. Try to make me less. Try to make me seem less. Exactly. And guess what? Sometimes I fall for it. And try to commodify things that cannot be commodified. Yeah, no, I'm good on that. That's you and your sickness. I am brilliant. I am beautiful. Look, on this poster, I was looking at it when when we were setting up. Be blessed. Be beautiful. Be bright. That's Zen. Zen. Like, come on. Again, who would have known? Zen was young in the time's eye, right? Mm -hmm. He was young. But the brother did what he was supposed to do. It's our job to keep it going. Yeah. He's an ancestor now. Yes. Rooting us on like, yeah, go. Go. I built it for that. I built it for that. Build it. Shatana's curriculum. Okay, Shatana, I know it's been a lot, but baby girl, build it. We need to know. We need to know. What was the reason for the colonizers to take everything from us? And it was because that we we have the culture that creates the secret sauce it is the culture that has built the world mm-hmm. and i know you don't believe me and it's okay right <laughs> you gonna learn today <laughs> <laughs> um you know it, a lot of it it comes down to to re-understanding what is science mm-hmm. re-understanding what is what is progress re-understanding what is time re-understanding you know, what is technology? Um, These constructs, because remember, this is what, I, what we are naturally able to do. These are labels that have been ascribed to these concepts by them. But we have our own definition. We have our own meaning. We have our own identity. What is that? Yes. What is that? And it's, 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 it's always so hard when you're trying to understand or learn from um from a white supremacist uh, point of view, mm. oftentimes you want to believe that time is a line. Yeah. That there is a past, Linear. a present, and a future. Right. But we already understand that according to an African cosmology, that time is a circle. It's, sim- it's simultaneous. Everything is happening. The future is now. And in fact, a lot of uh, cosmolo- cosmologists or theorists. Um, they would say, don't even use the word future, because what is the future? It's now. Um, yes, it is now, but beyond that. Yeah. What is the future? Yeah. Um, and and a lot of people who I know, really, really the, the, the theorist would say, um, the future is whatever it is that you want. And, and, and I know how that phrase could be construed, but 
let me give you an example. Mm-hmm. When the colonizers came to America, they said that there is something called manifest destiny. Um, and manifest destiny was God told them that it was their destiny to colonize the United States from sea to, to shining sea. It was God who said that this was their destiny. Hmm. And there beca- therefore, because they, they said it, therefore it was. Um, they said that this is our destiny, which is a, it's a synonym for future. It is our future. And so um, in, 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 in that way, and in, in, in every way, the future is what you want. And what you do is in order to arrive at the future, you manipulate the present. So if the colonizers came to the United States, what we call the United States, to the Americas, to this land, and they said it is our future to control this place from sea to shining sea, they reorganize the present so that they could meet their future. And that's all the future is. It really is. When you think, think about the word manifest, I'm just going to piggyback. Man, control, right? Man, I, I am the being that, that is controlling this and fest, a large gathering, right? This is why we say when two or three are gathered, you, you think about the rhetoric in the language and how manipulative it is. Yeah, it's manifest destiny, right? So if that was their manifestation, that's why I always use one manifestation, right? One manifest, like, mm-mm, I got a womb, I can create anything. So y'all do it, I can do it too. Um, this is where, when we're talking about this simultaneous occurrence, yeah, it's the same way. Okay, so we get to one manifest our destiny. And in fact, I would, I would even go further and say, don't even use manifest destiny. That, oh, totally. That but phrase if, is like poison. <laughs> but if we have to, no, totally. I get it. I get it. Remember, without our native tongue, right? Because we really need a deep remembering, and which is why we have to connect with everything we know, our land, right? It's land gauge, language. That's all it is. Mm-hmm. It's how you navigate the land. But if we have to use those terms, you know, to bring forth the mind's eye and to bring us back into where we are, in this, you know, simultaneous, this simulation. Mm-hmm. Yeah, let's, you want to see how we got here? Somebody just spoke it. They spoke it, and then they reorganized the present so that it could be. And um, in the same way, that's all we have to do in order to manifest whatever it is that we want. Period. We that. said it. We said it was, and therefore it is. I said what I said. I said what I said. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my gosh, this is it. Yeah, it's it's Afro. Again, I said on the blog, I said you gotta let Shatana give you the definition of Afrofuturism because she's sick with it. She did it during the the production. Can't wait till this documentary comes out. But I think people can get really confused because I I was speaking to one of my friends. Um, his name is Christian, and he's a writer. He's an activist, organizer, all the good things. Um, and he, too, was confused. He was like, what is this thing they call Afrofuturism? And the first thing I have to emphasize to anyone who is speaking to us on February 13th, 2021, yes. I have to reemphasize that Afrofuturism is an active field 
with many voices wanting to weigh in. And not only is it an active field, but it's an active field where there are different intentions of different people. So if you're going to call upon the internet and ask what Afrofuturism is, you'll get a couple of things. You know, some things you might get is, you know, it's a it's an aesthetic. You know, you might you might see some pictures of someone's imagining of what the of what the Afro future is. But again, we already talked about like what you imagine the future to look like has oftentimes been placed there. That imagery, that sound that taste, that feel of what you think the future is, has oftentimes been, um, has already been designed by someone else. Yep. Um, and we already know that we can't allow other people to, des- to design our future. And who are the people who are designing it? Most of the time it's white people, because white people have the money to manifest what they have imagined. Um, you know, because nothing is real, to be honest. And, and, I, and I mean that. The only thing is real is is my family and, and the love that I have for my people. Totally. You know, um, but everything else is quite frankly, it, it's a manifestation of someone who, who had the ability to imagine and then, and, and then reorganize the present so that it could be. Um, that's my understanding of it. So what you think Afrofuturism is, it isn't that. Um, for me, what I, what I know Afrofuturism is, it is black studies. Yeah. Um, and that's, that's what I just tell for the streamlined answer. Yeah. Cause there's, there's, there are three answers I could give you. I could give you the, the elaborate lofty answer. I could give you the scholarly deep dive the thesis the answer. And then I can give you the straight, this is what it is. Let's, you know, <laughs> let's... I'm Shatana, who are you? <laughs> you know? Yeah. 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 Answer. And, uh, for our viewers, for our listeners, I, I just want you to know that Afrofuturism is black studies because it cannot exist without black studies. Um, black studies um, only exist because in the 1960s, during the student protest after the murder, after the assassination of Martin Luther King, these students um, said that we want to know more about ourselves. And mm-hmm. we understand that the only way we can do that is if we are allowed an academic discipline to study ourselves. And then Nathan Hare, who was one of the first chairs of a black studies department um, in San Francisco State University, he said in a manifesto that he wrote about what is black studies, he wrote this. He said, black studies exist so that our future generations can understand what white supremacy is because they will no doubt experience racism. Um, and, and, and that's, that's what it is. He said that black studies is for the future generations. And if you just take that at its heart, that's Afrofuturism. Again, like Tiffany says, break down the word Afro. What does that mean? Black, black descendant, African, you know, futurism, you know, this idea, the study of the future, the practice of future. So when Nathan Hare said, Black studies is here so that our future generations can understand and study white supremacy because they will inevitably experience racism. He was already saying, like, look, we out here for the future. (laughs) And um, Mm -hmm. what we see today in February 13th, 2021, because it is an active discipline, um, is just a manifestation of what started um, in the 60s. Of, of that study, oh, and um, especially the cosmological and philosophical studies. 
Now that right there was a slight uh, introduction into an academic thesis. Yeah, I'm telling you, <laughs> she be bringing it. She be bringing it. I'll be like, wait, you're telling her I'm running out of room. Hold on. <laughs> I know, right? <laughs> but it's, it's, it's warranted. We have to talk about this because we're still talking about time, mm -hmm. the dream, liberation. There's this theme, right? It's relevance right now. It's right here. It's what we choose, what we believe. You know, even when you were just talking a second ago, you were like, oh, we want an academic discipline. Think about those words. A discipline, something that centers that again and again and again, I have the opportunity to learn, experience, understand, to create and you know a new esoteric wisdom, if you will. It's not new, but it's it's what our people did, right? We have to rediscover it. Absolutely, absolutely. It's all relevant. So you know that actually leads me to my last segment of our show today because we are coming down to the last already. I know the, the, it, an hour just. It's not enough, enough time. You know, keep talking about time. It's not not enough time, <laughs> but um. The last segment of the show is what is our value of the month? Our value, you know, I listen, I, I watch Sesame Street. They they have all these, you know. I almost want to be our value of the month. Okay, so we got value drops. of the month. We got drops. <laughs> <laughs> what is our value? What's our value of the month? So for me, I was thinking thinking about this, and our value of the month is create something tangible to pass down to future generations. Man, I love that. You know why I love it? Because one of the things that you came over to me when we when we were outside, you 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 brought something tangible today. And um again, can't say enough. I'm telling you, and I'm not just I'm not just saying this. You guys, you got to see it. One of our other hosts was leaving and I I said on the way here, I was like I got to get better about tagging them, the whole family, right? Is, is, as time as time becomes more available to me because I'm not working as much, yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll get better with doing that. So, sister that was leaving, you were talking to her about how she, you know, opened her box. And you brought over, I'm saying this to say, you brought over this tangible uh, product that you've been working on that is absolutely amazing. Absolutely amazing. But this is like a mini version that still has this mystery about it. Like, oh my gosh, what's this stuff on this box? What's in it? You know? Yeah. It's phenomenal. Um, it's tangible. We uh, Remember, we're not capitalists. We're not capitalists. That's not, that's not our, our rhythm. But we are very spiritually material people that have the power to wield time, right? Mm -hmm. Put it in a box. Put it in the box. Put it in the box. <laughs> <laughs> we got drops. We got drops. We got so many drops. Um, a lot of us uh, in the digital age, especially during the pandemic, we find ourselves um, without a lot of tangible things. Yeah. Um, also, it's the irony of the of the age that we live in. Um, you know, I feel bad for people who live in New York. I'm sure New York is a great place, but I feel bad for them because they were sold this lie that they needed a tiny, tiny space to live in because you would never be in your apartment anyways. Yeah, for real. You know? It's so <laughs> busy. It's so busy. You'll always be outside of your apartment. So, yeah. you know, just 
basically live in a closet and you know you you're blessed to be in this city <laughs> basically is what they told that that's what that's what people in New York were sold and then they learned that you know in times of desperation and need in times of, of, of infrastructure failure that your space is the one thing that you have and if you've invested in your space you can always retreat to it which is another reason why I like Texas so much because we got space and people are willing at least our, our previous generation you know our parents our grandparents were willing to invest in land and they were willing to invest in that space so that you know in times of uh pandemic we could retreat to our space Mm. um but you know along with that lie if you just take the lie of you don't need that much space you really only need a closet to live in they also in the digital age sold us this lie that we didn't have to have tangible items to hold on to you know why have an album collection when you can just get spotify you know just pay for that why buy disney movies why buy vhs's dvds why buy da- digital downloads? Why do that? Well, you can just get Disney Plus. Right. You know, why Why own anything when you could just rent everything? Yeah, for real. Um, and obviously, we learn now, we know now, that we can't be on the internet forever. That's detrimental to our health. It is. And we can't have the revolution without our bodies. And um, tangible products also remember, if we were time traveling, do you really think that our ancestors who exist in a different dimension can get on the internet and see what we did. No. Yeah. <laughs> they can't. Who's to say that the internet even exists in that dimension? What if in their timeline somehow something went wrong and there was no internet and they still lived in a tangible analog universe? You know, I'm just going off. Who Who's to say that's true or not true? I know. Or what if they have something even better than the internet, something more balanced with nature? Yes. Hmm. You know? But the thing is that imagine this time traveler were to enter into our time-space dimension and they were to actually have a physical, tangible object that they could pick up and take back to wherever it is that they are from and show them evidence of where we are, who we are, and what we're doing. That's basically what's going to happen when we all pass away. I'm not afraid of death, but I do know that... When I do pass, I have left a tangible object for my future generation. Yeah. 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 IP. IP is the way, y'all. This is, the, this is, it's, that's what I'm saying is now. If you got it in you, you know, let it out. The only way out is in either way, you know? So we're talking about the circle of love, of life. Leave something for the babies. Oh my God. Leave something for the babies. 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 And you know what? That that phrase that you were saying, Tiffany, actually leads me to um, the last the last little thing that I wanted to to share with us today. Um, Gil Scott Heron. I love him. Everyone knows him. Everyone loves him. Um, you know, he he said a very similar thing, which was, um, you know, we live a physical life, and capitalism. And white supremacy does not, um, doesn't care about our lives. They would rather see us die. Um, They would not want to preserve us. They do not want to preserve our history. They do not want to document our impact. They do not want anything to know, anyone to know 
that they themselves have mined us in our labor so that they can seem as if they were taller and we were smaller. Um, and in that, Gil Scott Heron made this song um, that I really enjoy. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to play this song and then I'm going to come back to y'all and um, talk to you about it. Um, so again, bear with me for a second because um, I'm not I'm not always great. I try to be. Though. No, she's always great. She's just she's just saying that. It's on the playlist. Playlist. There's an Afrofuturism in the AM playlist on Spotify, ladies and gentlemen, and it is dope. I mean, this is a plug that's coming near the end, but it really should have came in the beginning. Can I just say how much I just love All Real Radio? Like, this is black radio on a whole nother level. If you haven't already, download the app. Listen, I mean, even in me saying this, I'm, I'm hoping it gets to you some kind of way, right? I hope somebody else says to you, yeah, you heard our radio. This is community love. This is how we build black radio. I think she found it. I did. Got it. So guys, enjoy it. It was about an accident that took place about 30 miles west of Detroit. And in that song that we recorded in 1977, we mentioned a young lady named Karen Silkwood whose case would be decided some six or seven years later. We want you to understand that somebody's always got to be on a job. Somebody's always got to be on a job because there's always a job out there to do. This is a song here called We Almost Lost Detroit. Stands out on the highway Like a creature from another time It inspires the baby's questions For their mothers as they ride Yeah, but no one stopped to think about the babies Or just how they would survive and we've almost lost Detroit this time. And how would we ever get over losing our minds? And just 30 miles from Detroit They built a giant power station And it ticks each night as the city sleeps Or maybe seconds from annihilation Yeah, but no one stopped to think about the people Or just how they would survive Yes, we've almost lost Detroit this time, yeah, this time. And how would we ever get over, over, losing our minds? You see, almost lost Detroit that time. Say, well, 
almost lost it so That time said, well, now how would you ever get over Over her, somebody's always trying to get over Over her, I don't think I would ever get over her Over her, I don't think I would ever get over Over her, said, well, people all over the world want to know Say, didn't you know, said, people all over the world want to know Say, didn't you know, said, almost lost it all That time, said, well, almost lost it all That time, said, well, almost lost it all That time, I don't think I would ever get over Over her, I don't think I would ever get over Over her, said, well, losing my mind Thank you very much. Please welcome the All right, guys. So that's our show. Um, I hope that I've given you things that you want to think about, inspired you to create something, do something good. Or maybe I just gave you a chance to rest and relax and enjoy yourself. Um, I mean, we do want to hear about it. Hence why, you know, she shared the, the handles on social media. This isn't just us talking. We're listening. Yeah. What? 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 How does? How did it make you feel? What? What you creating? What you doing? What you doing? <laughs> just hit me up. Let me know. Artivism Community Art. Yes. On Facebook and Instagram, and uh, you can always find Tiffany. Yeah, you can find me. Uh, you gotta look though. Uh, Roshanis. Uh, and then Imagereed. Uh, so Instagram primarily. I just love Instagram. It's it's a bad love. It's yeah, it's complex. Whatever. <laughs> <laughs> so well, that's where we are. That's where that's where we live sometimes. And we up wherever you are. You know you're safe. You're loved. You're cherished. Uh, be your own expression. All right, guys. Have a good day, and I'll see you next Saturday.
on Saturday afternoon. Perhaps we go in town, have a little bite to eat, and then maybe go and take in a little movie. And afterwards, I'll just drop you at the, at the doorstep and give you a little kiss. Oh, I just so many things that we can do if you just tell me your name. I'm not even married. Are you married? Like it. 